This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 172 of the Laravel News Podcast. I am Jake Bennett and with me today, not as always, in fact, Mr. Dorinda is missing. My fearless co-host is unfortunately under the weather. He sent a picture uh, last week of a positive COVID test. No bueno. And so he is isolating from his family, make sure that they are still safe. And as a result, he wasn't able to take any of his recording equipment with him because it's like bolted to his command central desk, you know, everything zip tied up. So with me today, we have a longtime contributor to all amazing Laravel things. I say longtime contributor. I don't know how long you've been in the system, at least a couple of years for sure. Aaron Francis. Aaron, welcome to the show, man. Thanks L- for coming on. Longtime listener, first time caller. Thanks for having there me. You go. <laughs> that's right. You've been on North Meet South before, but I don't think you've been on Laravel News before. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I actually looked up today. My Laracast receipt was from 2014. So I've definitely okay, been so around Laravel for a while. You have been around. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think I'm trying to remember the first time I saw... I think the first time I saw some of your stuff was maybe a couple of years ago. And then, oh, I know what it was. I think you were doing your shed quarters. And I, I think I messaged you and I was like, hey, dude, I just read through your entire yep. thing. And you were like, no way, really? And then so I followed that whole journey. And then I went into your blog and was like, this guy's doing amazing things and all real life stuff like what I was doing, like ingesting CSVs and doing all sorts of craziness. And so anyway, um, yeah. Big fan of all the stuff you're working on. And, I mean, you've been building some really cool new things that we've been talking about on the show the last couple of weeks, actually. We talk, we've talked about AirDrop mm-hmm. uh, a couple of times in the last, I don't know, couple of months. And then we've also been talking about your Fast Paginate package as well. Yeah, that one, um, was, that one was, I think, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so that, I, yeah. I released the, the Fast Paginate um, to help offset limit pagination be a little bit more performant. And it mm-hmm. seems like it's working. A lot of people are reporting yeah. back some pretty good numbers. And so that's been really exciting. And people are like submitting pull requests and stuff too. I think you said you were like, oh man, these contributions yeah. are great. Yeah. I posted about that on Twitter just yesterday because the package is really kind of like kind of wonky and technical and people are not Mm -hmm. afraid to dive in and get their hands dirty with the query builder and the SQL stuff. And it's been hugely helpful. So it's been really nice to have all the support from the community. Gotta love that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I love being a part of this community and it's cool that like if you find a package that finds this like niche, you know, you almost always are going to have some people who are willing to kind of uh, squash some bugs for you or use it in production and find all the little edge cases that you don't think of when you're building it the first time. So, yep, totally. Very cool. All right. Well, we are going to go through the show just like we typically do. So top of the show, want to thank Honey Badger again for sponsoring the show. Honey Badger is all of your error tracking needs wrapped into an amazing package for Laravel and they've got a great UI and dashboard. We'll talk about them a little bit later in the show, but thanks Honey Badger for sponsoring. Let's get started with releases. Laravel 9.21 And so on this one, we've got a fresh new look for Artisan. There's two brand new Artisan commands and a couple more things. So let's take a look first at the new Artisan. So Nuno Maduro, uh, if you you know him, uh, you know that he has been working on like CLI stuff, it feels like, for forever. I think Laravel Zero was one of the first things that I saw that he was working on, which was um, an amazing way to build out 
little command line utilities using Laravel and then allowing you to like package them up into these little executables, but being able to use all the cool stuff that you can use in Laravel. And I remember thinking that was so cool. And so here he is, you know, years later, making this brand new artisan CLI. So nearly all the built-in artisan commands have been completely reimagined to deliver a better experience. And we're going to talk about a few examples. So you have in here, let's see here, here are a few examples from Fresh Dissolve Level 9.21. So they've got artisan route list, uh, which gives you a beautiful representation there. And there's all these other flags as well that you can pass. Like in this case, it says accept vendor, like dash dash accept vendor. So it'll take all of the vendor routes that are being loaded in and you can exclude those so it doesn't clutter up your view there, which is really nice. The And I think maybe some of what they're showing in here, which I can't really express to you over the podcast, is just how beautiful it looks. It's really, really colorful. And it's just, it looks very similar to, I'm trying, I don't want to say like the documentation because that's not really, but like, you know, those beautiful screenshots that people like take forever to build and then post on Twitter. It looks kind of like that, like out of the box. It just looks like this really thoughtful, well-spaced, good line spacing, good colors. It's all, everything's aligned left or aligned right. There's no wonkiness. It just looks like you can tell that there's a lot of time spent uh, into making this uh, really beautiful. So they've got a, we have a, let's see here, Laravel blog.laravel.com. So it looks like they have a blog post out there about uh, refreshing artisan and also a pull request that has all the implementation details and a lot of side-by-side comparisons of the old CLI versus the new CLI uh, and all that stuff. There's other there is this new command as well called about and we were just geeking out about this with my dev team I think yesterday. So James Brooks created a brand new command about and it com- it displays output about the Laravel environment such as debug mode, PHP version, cache statuses, things like that. Um, sometimes maybe it's not completely obvious when you're looking at cache what is being cached and what isn't. I've run into this a couple of times where it's like, oh, what exactly is cached? What isn't being cached? And so if you run PHP artisan about, it has a whole section about caching. So it'll say cache and then it says config is cached or not cached. Events, routes, views, which ones are cached, which ones are not. And so that's really nice. It's got all of the environment variables such as the application name, uh, composer version. If you're in debug mode, what environment you're in, the Laravel version. If you have maintenance mode turned on, the PHP version, what URL it's being hosted through. Uh, so that's really, really cool. So check that out. There's also uh, another command contributed by Jess Acha, uh, which is a model show command that displays helpful information to give you an overview of your model. So similar to the about command, the model show command will show you things like what database connection is being used? What table is it being stored in? What are the attributes that are currently available for that particular model? What are the relations that exist for that model? Uh, so it provides data from the database eloquent to give you a completely useful picture of your model in one place. So this is like one of those things where, you know, a lot of times uh, if I wanted to see, there's like this argument out there like fillable versus protected, right? Or mm-hmm. guarded, fillable versus guarded, right? And so people are always like, well, how are you supposed to know like what attributes you have available if you don't have them in like a fillable array? And for me, sometimes that's been like I go to the migrations or things like that to, to go look and see kind of what's there uh, if you're just use a, using guarded equals empty array. But this gives you a nice way to do it. You just call model show and it'll show you all the attributes that exist on it, including, I'm guessing, uh, computed attributes as well. Uh, so if you have something like, you know, you have a first name, a last name, and then you have a computed attribute called full name, uh, I'm guessing it would display in that case as well. Don't know that for sure, 
but I'm thinking Jess Hodge probably thought through that one. She she's a smart cookie that one. She is. Okay. And, and this this is crazy yeah. cuz this is a this is a minor release and just the amount of stuff that we got in this release without, you know, nothing broke and we have now this beautiful interface on the command line and all of this of course is powered by uh Termwind, you know, the the uh oh, yes. the tailwind yeah. thing for terminal that Nuno and Francisco have worked on. So if you are inspired by these beautiful new commands, check out Termwind um and you can bring some of that to your own app as well. That's very cool. Uh have you used that at all? I literally haven't. I no, haven't I haven't. used Termwind ever. No, I've just I've seen saw, his, I saw it a yeah, while back. I saw his I think Laricon online talk, which we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, I think I saw his talk there, uh Francisco's and it was just it's amazing how much you know, CSS in air quotes, they've brought to the command line. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Got a couple more items here. We're going to buzz through two more. Added a when counted method to the JSON resource. So Steve Bauman contributed a when co- counted method to JSON resources to conditionally include a relation count when the relation is set on the model. So if you have a, uh, in this example, we have a post resource. And then in the two array method, it says comments count this when counted. So if you have something like a post resource and then you say post load count, which is a method that you can call on a eloquent model uh, or maybe a collection there, load count comments, it'll basically grab that relationship and it will just grab the count instead of loading up and hydrating all of those models, all those comment models, it'll just say, hey, post uh, you have this relationship called comments. Just go count how many you have. So when it has a count thing like that, when you're doing that, you in your in your resource, uh, your post resource in this case, uh, it will include that item only when that's being counted. Um, again, that's maybe a little bit difficult to describe uh, in uh, you know on air, but the the code is all in there for you in the blog post. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. So there you go. I actually didn't even know that that existed. That load count method. That's always, pretty interesting. Yeah, I always thought it was with count, um, but load count might be the lazy version of that. But this right. is this is very similar to. There's already the um, when loaded. So when you're serializing your resource, you can do something when a relationship is already loaded. And I imagine this mm-hmm. is just the corollary. If you've already counted them, um, go ahead and add it to the serialized resource. Otherwise, leave it out so you don't incur that extra query cost. Yep, which is pretty sweet because mm-hmm. that basically allows you conditionally add these comments um, and and then use uh, your same post resource or whatever resource it is in multiple places in multiple ways and have those items conditionally included depending on how you're passing the, the post to that resource. Yeah, yep. awesome. Last thing we have, retrieving input from the request as an enum. So E. Margaretten contributed to retrieving an input as an enum from the request object. So... With these enums, which I'm guessing this is an 8.1 thing. So 8.1, PHP 8.1 has like first class support for for enums. And so in this case, before what you would have had to do is say status enum, try from, and then load in a value. So you'd say request input status, and then it would try and uh, essentially, I guess hydrate is the best word I can think of, or determine uh, what enum is going to be loaded in from that status enum based on what the what the value is that's coming in from that request input. Well, now you can just do dollar sign request arrow enum, pass in the parameters like status in this case, the value you're trying to grab off of the request, and then as a second argument, pass in the enum class. So status enum class, and then what that will do is it'll essentially cast 
uh, that value to that status enum based on what's coming in from your request. So that's pretty nice. I think that's it. There's a, there's a bunch of other bug fixes and you know changes that maybe didn't make the top of the notes here, but you can check all those out in the show notes. Hey, real quick sidebar here. Are you using PHP 8.1 anywhere yet? No, I'm not. Only okay. in Same. test testing packages, but I'm not writing any PHP 8.1 specific stuff. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I, I'm really looking forward to the enums though. Like we use essentially sort of, I'm not even sure what it would be called, but where you do like um, constants, mm-hmm. right? You just have like a class, like I'd have like a status enum class and then I would have like public constant yep. and then name something, whatever. The so fake enums, that's, yep. Exactly, fake enums. They're not real, but we treat them as enums, right? But I'm, I'm looking forward to using 8.1 and having some of that stuff sort of baked in. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't write too many uh, proper apps anymore, just packages, and uh-huh. I want to support some older stuff, so I'm not you know, fortunate yeah, enough to be sense. able to use that quite yet. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, it's really helpful for when you don't want to have to pass around magic strings. Mm-hmm. I think that was like what the big change was for us is because you can in PHP storm or whatever your, you know, editor of choice is, you can just like command click, whatever that thing is. And you can see all the different places it's being used, which is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I digress. On to you, my friend. Let's talk about Laracon Online. It is back. It felt like it was just here, but it's back again already. Um, So September 14th, there is going to be another Laracon Online. And just like the last one, um, they're going to stream it for free on YouTube. So, of course, that means a lot more people are going to watch it. This says over 30,000 people viewing the the winter one. Yeah. So, you know, it used to be big and now that it's free, it's just enormous. So mark your calendars for September 14th, but more importantly, you should submit um, a talk application. You Mm -hmm. You should submit to be a speaker. So there are two types of different presentations. One is 40 minutes. Um, that's the more like long form. And then there's a lightning talk. There are several lightning talk spots for 15 minutes. And I just want to encourage everyone, if you have any inkling that you have any kind of idea um, and you'd like to submit an application, submit the application. You never know you never know what's going to happen. Um, it is a blast. It's, of course, you know, nerve-wracking, but it's a total blast. The first conference that I spoke at was the, uh, the one in February, the Laracon Online in February. And it's just, it's so much fun. Um, so I highly, highly encourage you to submit um, a speaker application. They are due by August 1st. So if you're hearing this, run, don't walk, because it is yeah, almost much time left. Yeah, it yep. is almost over. So definitely take a look at this. Um, mark your calendars and uh, make sure that you submit a speaker application. And you can find those probably at laricon.net. Um, and you can view the old videos there um, and any kind of topic that you may have in, on your mind, absolutely do it. We need talks from all parts of the community. So do it soon. 100%. You got it. Um, have you submitted a talk this year? Yeah. I have on databases. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, boy. Yeah. I actually was thinking about, I haven't submitted one yet, dude. Life, right? You're running out uh, of time. I have no excuses. <laughs> I have no excuses, though, because, uh, you know, I've got four kids, but you have twins. So you have two kids that are the same age and about ready to walk, you said. So, yes. you know, zero excuses from this side of the, this side four of the table. Ki- four kids is a lot. So we'll, we'll let that slide. Okay. 
It's a good excuse for now. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'll have to see if I can find a better one, but it's, it's a good excuse for now. It'll work. Let's move on to packages. So uh, the first package we have here is called Restify. So this is a package to make a powerful JSON API compatible REST API with Laravel. So JSON API, I think you can help me with this. This is like a specification. It I'm is. Guessing. Formal spec. Okay. Yep. Right. So it's a formal specification, and this allows you to uh, build these out really easily. So after, and so I mean, let's let's just talk about why that's necessary. Maybe a while ago, it was just everybody wild west making up their own way that they wanted to return JSON. Right. So you have a JSON endpoint, and so you just kind of make it up, and your front end knows how your back end is going to format it, just because you know you you're a full stack dev. Right. You're doing it all. You're doing the back end. You're doing the front end. You know what to expect because you built both, and so it just works that way, right? But if you're going to be interfacing with people other than your own developers, it's really important that you have a consistent way that you're going to be presenting this JSON structure to them so they know what to expect, right? It's always going to have these fields. It's always going to have a paginate URL. It's always going to have X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, right? So JSON API is a spec that basically helps to standardize some of that. And this package allows you to be able to make a REST API with Laravel that is JSON API compatible. Okay, I basically just re-explained that first sentence, but much longer. After installing the package and following the setup guide, you can get started quickly using the repository's CLI commands. So in this case, would be PHP Artisan Restify colon repository. You would then name the model that you're going to use. And then in this case, it would be dash dash all is what they're using. I'm guessing that just means that you're going to have all of the different REST verbs available for that particular model. And uh, what that will do is that will create a new repository class, which is sort of the core of the package. And it will generate this blank repository that you can use to add fields, uh, like the following example here. In the fields, uh, they then have a RESTify request, which will get passed in. And then you can, as an array, return the different values from the attributes of that particular model. So like in this case, ID, field, uh, title, description, image. Uh, and then you can uh, set, like with a fluent um, chain there, you can kind of set if they're required or if it's a particular type of field, you can say like this is an image. And then what you have is this beautiful API response in JSON API format. So it has meta information all along. So like what page are you currently on? What's the last page of this collection? What's the path to get here? How many per page are there? What are some links to get to the next one, the last one, and then the data that's included? So it walks you through the whole authentication process as well, if that's something that you need to do, uh, advanced filtering, and a lot more. So there's also a course that goes along with this, a Restify course, as 24 different lessons on using Restify to build an API with Laravel. And I believe that's all free and it's open source as well. So you can see all the code and contribute on GitHub at binarcode slash Laravel dash Restify. Pretty cool package. Uh, Paul Redmond, everyone's favorite human, put that one out there for us. So if you need uh, a JSON API compatible REST API, this is the way to build it. There you go. On with the show. Yeah, I think most of the time we get away with Laravel resources, but JSON API is extremely popular and has huge tooling Mm -hmm. around it. So if you need JSON API compatible stuff, this looks to be the way to go. Absolutely. All right, let's look at a package to require approval before persisting a model to the database. So this is really interesting because 
sometimes you need to make a change to a model and then put it kind of in a holding pattern and then have that be approved by someone else in the business. And so the Laravel approval package allows you to require approval of new data before it's persisted. Um, It does require PHP 8.1 and Laravel 9 because it makes pretty heavy use of enums. So just be warned about that. But this is very cool because in your model, you just add a trait um, called must be approved. And when you add the must be approved trait, what happens is it hooks into the model observers and all the changes to the model get put into this kind of like polymorphic holding table. And so they go into this holding table for approval and your main model doesn't get changed. And then you can write whatever logic you need to around um, the approval process and then apply those to the actual model itself. So it has some nice methods here. Um, You can get all the approvals that are approved, rejected, or pending. And then it has some nice methods where you can say, well, approval number one, go ahead and approve that one, reject number two, and then you can postpone approval number three, for example. And if you need to bypass approval, let's say you're like a super admin or something, you can say model without approval, update title to something new. So you can just totally bypass this little holding pattern if the person has the right permissions. This is really interesting because it seems... So it's like for updates, but I'm guessing it's also for creation, right? I think so. So like the post itself, you could say, okay, somebody's trying to create a post. Let's go ahead and wait for approval before we actually create that. Uh, but then updates as well. So if somebody wanted to just update the title, nope, you got to get that approved first. I don't know how I was, what came to mind was uh, Wikipedia or something like that. Like maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's like some approval process where, I don't know if there's like a score or like, hey, somebody who's reputable has to approve this first before it gets merged into the main thing. I don't know if that's a deal or not, but this is uh, interesting. I've actually needed to do this before and just totally rejected it because like that's going to be too hard. Totally. Yeah, you you can imagine unlimited business processes where this specific mm-hmm. thing is required so like somebody makes a change and their manager needs to approve it for example totally um so yeah yes. that's that's what this allows um it's under the namespace cj Mellor. it is called the approval package um and y'all should check it out absolutely all right and our show would not be complete without at least one package from spassi because what's that you know at least once a show if not if not twice or more times so we've got a uh package called options by Spassi. And this is a package to create lists of options from different sources. So a typical web application has a lot of select fields with different options that you can choose from. And this package makes it simple to transform enums, models, states, and arrays to a unified option structure. So an example from the readme illustrates how the package can help ease working with select options in Laravel applications. So given an enum, you could use this package to build options like see here you have an enum in this case they have an example called hobbit <laughs> and uh, they have frodo sam mary and pippin which are the different cases there in that enum it's so all you have to do is say options for enum pass in the class so hobbit colon colon class and then say to array and what this will give you then is an array that has um, label frodo value Proto, lowercase, right? So the uppercase is the uh, actual case, and then the value is the string that it's set equal to. So we've all done this before. All of us have had to do this before, where we have a list of options, and it's typically like, how did I do it last time? Let me go copy and paste it from there, where I just took either a database list, or I took an enum, or I took a config set of options, 
and you know tried to try to do this thing. Uh, so now it's been canonized, I suppose, into this package where now you have the ability to do this. So this works not only for enums, but it also supports a lot of different data structures like models, uh, model states. Uh, if you're using the Spassy model states package, there we go. That's the second <laughs> one. They did it. Uh, arrays or different manual arrays that you can pass in there. So another neat feature is that you can actually turn your options, those same options. And this is always the second part. <laughs> I have to copy paste. You have to turn that same set of options into a validation rule, right? Make sure that this value that's coming through is only one of the allowed enum options, right? And so with this package, you can do that same thing. You say options for enum to validation rule. And there you go. That's it. You're done. So pretty awesome. I have a feeling we're definitely going to be using this one in the future. Uh, so you can learn more about this package, get installation instructions, and view the source code on GitHub, or just check out the show notes for the Spassy options package. Yeah, this is go. this is super nice because you're right. Everyone has done this multiple times, and each time is a little snowflake because we do it yep, dif- exactly. differently. And it's like, well, <laughs> so I'm going to array map, and I need to oh, so return true. the ID or the value. So thanks, Spotsy. Yep. Thanks again, Spotsy. Yep. Okay, so we've all heard about the switch to Vite. And what's great mm. about this coming first party is the Laravel team just keeps adding nice things for us. So the newest thing that they've added is Blade Hot Refresh with Vite. So Vite's whole deal is it's a lot faster. It does this hot module replacement, which makes your JavaScript, you know, building your JavaScript so much easier. What the Laravel team has added to the first party package now is um, hot refreshing of your blade views. So if you're not working in, let's say, a view template and you're working in an actual blade template, before this was released, you would have to manually refresh the page like it's, you know, 2021. But now with this new (laughs) plugin, it'll automatically refresh the page for you. So by the time you switch back to your browser, you should see the newest updates. So all you have to do is using the official uh, Vite plugin is add refresh colon true. So you just add an option to turn refresh on and it will automatically start watching your routes directory and your resources views directory. Now, if you need more control, of course, you can change that true into an array of paths. So instead of refresh true, it's refresh array and you can put resources, routes, routes, resources, views. You could put markdown files. You could put any path in there that you want it to watch and it'll just handle it for you. So this is another just wonderful thing about having this stuff first party is it works so well for Laravel. So this is another case where we don't have to worry about anything because the Laravel team has handled it for us. So thank Mm -hmm. you very much. Yeah, and this is one of those things when it first came out that somebody... I think it was Spassy, of course. They, right off the bat, were like, oh yeah, Laravel Blade, let's do this. And so the cool thing with this too is you don't have to be using JavaScript or anything to make this happen, right? Like, so before it was like only the cool kids who were using Inertia or who are using Vue and all that stuff, getting hot module reloading uh, are going to benefit from this. Uh, so, you know, sort of the back on this would be like Browserify. I think that's what it was, right? So you could hook up like Browserify with Laravel Mix and then do the deal where you could... You know, you could run. I mean, there was way there was multiple ways to do it. You could like run a little plugin in your browser, and it would kind of detect and refresh and all that stuff. But it was like again, every time I felt like I had to set it up on the project, it was like I had to go back and figure out how to do it again. Same. With this, it's just it's right there. There it is, and it just works. So pretty awesome. So if you're using Blade or if you're using Vue, if you're using whatever, this will work for you. So pretty awesome. 
You know what though? One of the things why this is really nice is because you can find out about errors really quickly, right? You don't even have to wait to refresh the page. And Honey Badger, our sponsor today, lets you know about errors just as fast. Because let's face it, even for great developers like yourself, your code is going to have errors. And when errors do happen, it's nice to know that Honey Badger has your back. Honey Badger makes you a DevOps hero by combining error monitoring, uptime monitoring, and check-in monitoring into a single easy-to-use platform. They send you alerts in real time with all the context in there to see what's causing the error and where the error is hiding so you can quickly fix it and get on with your day. It has included uptime and crown monitoring, which lets you know when your external services are having issues or your background jobs go missing or silently fail. Aaron and I have both dealt with that, I am sure, to you know our pain and detriment. So go to honeybadger.io and discover how Star Josh and Ben created a 100% bootstrapped monitoring solution. Why does that matter? Why do we say that every time? The reason why is because self-funding means they answer only to you. They don't have to do the whole hockey stick thing, right? They don't have the venture capital overlords demanding that they change all sorts of stuff to get more customers. They can just make it a better service and it's one that they use themselves. So they are incentivized to make it as good as possible and they do. They do a great job making Honey Badger better all the time. So check out Honey Badger at honeybadger.io and get started catching those errors. All right. What we got next? Let's talk about drafts and revisions. So... This next package is called Laravel Drafts, and it's a drop-in draft and revision system for eloquent models. So much like the approvals package, this is a package you would add, and then it gives you a trait that you would add to your eloquent model. This one is called Has Drafts. And so when you add has drafts to your model, you get this whole rich set of uh, additional methods where you can create a model as a draft. You can um, save models as drafts so you can take them out of published and back to draft you can obviously switch them from draft to published and so the whole theory here is that you can have this second uh, second state of model where it's not quite public yet but it is totally managed as a draft and so then you can write permissions around who gets to view those and how you publish those that would be kind of your business logic but this model gives you or this package gives you that nice way to do that. It also gives you um, the ability to do revisions. And so you can configure how many revisions are kept in your database, but for, let's say, a content management system or some sort of business process that requires you be able to look back and potentially even restore, this gives you the ability um, to have revisions saved in the database. So this is pretty good, um, pretty good package. It has, it looks like a rich API um, with lots of extra methods that are added in this trait. And so if you need to, to add drafts or revisions to your eloquent models, check this out. The namespace is odd value, and then it's called Laravel drafts. Okay, so we are going to be talking about working with data in API integrations. And so the section we're going into now is tutorials. And I've got to say, once again, that we have a new writer on the site. And it is, I want to make sure I get his name right, Steve King. The other day I called him, what did I call him? Steve something. Anyway, and I felt so bad that I got his name wrong. It's Steve King. And dude, this guy can crank out some long form content like you would not believe. Yeah, Boy, can he. And he is just like cranking them out. So this is a whole article that uh, two of the devs on my team 
read through and used this as like their Bible this week. I think they were just like, oh, we want to do all the things from this. One of my junior devs was like, oh, I got it. You know, it was like, uh, let's bind some stuff into the service container as a singleton. Let's make a new config services deal. Like, so it was just, you know, this was a really good article. So anyway, basically what he's talking about here is working with third-party APIs and some of the frustration that comes along with that. We get JSON responses, which will be represented as a, in a, a plain array. We send data as arrays, but we lose a bunch of context. Um, and so what if I told you it didn't have to be this way, right? That's his hook. What if I told you it doesn't take that much effort to build something that will add more context and improve your work with third-party APIs? So essentially, what he does here is he goes through and integrates with this fictional third-party API, essentially almost sort of rebuilding a little bit of what you would find in something like Saloon, right? Uh, not exactly. It's not It's not nearly as powerful, but he gives you a great starting point for how you could integrate with a third-party API in a way that actually makes sense. So if this is something you've had to do before and you've thought to yourself, man, I really wish I had a senior developer around to show me how they would do something like this. Steve King has got you covered. So he's going to go through all of it. He's going to say, you know what? You don't want to have to new up that API client every time. Let's go ahead and grab the endpoint and the password or the API key and let's new that up and let's throw that into the container. And then when you need to reference it, you can just grab, grab it from the container. And where are we going to store those ENV values? Well, let's put them in the ENV, but let's also put them in the config so we can cache them. Let's talk about how we would build a base request and then how we would do all these other types of authentication. He just goes through all of it, right? And so I don't want to, you know, try and explain what is probably a 15-minute read on air. Uh, suffice to say, it's a great tutorial if you happen to be in the per, in the uh, in the situation of needing to integrate with a third-party API. And maybe you don't have the um, luxury of being able to pull in something like Saloon or some of these other packages just aren't going to work in the environment in which you're working. This is just a tutorial to say, hey, in PHP in general, here's a structure that you could use to do this. So uh, great job, Steve. Uh, looks awesome. And uh, check that one out. Yeah, this is incredible. This is not this is not an article you come to learn something super quick. This is one you come to level up kind of how you think about things generally. So I would yep. definitely recommend taking the time to read through all of this. It is very well written and very thorough. Speaking of Steve King, let's talk about building your website using Jigsaw. This is another Steve King special. Jigsaw is the static site generator from the lovely people at Titan. It's been around for a super long time. I think a mm -hmm. lot of people in the community use it. And Steve wrote up. I do, yep. I, I do as well. I think Adam Wathen may have written it originally. Um, he did, back in the day. Yeah, yep. Steve wrote up a full-on... Yeah, when he was at Titan, I think he actually made Jigsaw. And then when he left, they sort of took over the maintenance. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. So Steve wrote up the uh, full-on tutorial on how to build your site using Jigsaw. Um, and then a little bit about how to deploy that as well. So down, down at the bottom, he talks a little bit about how you would build it and then links out to deploying it to GitHub Pages, Netlify, Amazon, um, S3. The nice thing about Jigsaw is it does 
generate a proper static site. So it's fully HTML. So you can put it anywhere you want, basically. Which is why I think why we all love it so much is because you get yeah, totally. You get a pretty good portion of the power of Laravel um, because under mm-hmm. the hood, Jigsaw is Laravel-esque. It's not full Laravel. Um, but then it does generate proper HTML that you can just throw on S3 and put a C name in front of and you have a website. So check out Steve's uh, tutorial on how to do that using Jigsaw. Yeah, I've used Jigsaw a couple times and it's always a pleasure to work with. There is a slight learning curve, but the documentation is really good. Um, there's some like little silly things where like you have to put things in like, I think it's like the config.php file. Yeah. You have to, you can put like closures and little functions in there that you can then reference on any page. But it's again, it's like, it's all in the documentation. So little bit of a learning curve but it's nice because so i can push like a site that's never going to change and don't really want to pay for hosting onto netlify just build it in jigsaw deploy it it's out there on netlify no worries it's always up always working so it's pretty sweet kind of tagging on with the api stuff that steve was talking about and another steve king special that's what they're going to be coined now (laughs) the steve king specials we've got a uh, tutorial where he talks about logging external http requests with laravel telescope if you haven't heard about Laravel Telescope, this was something that Mohammed Said created. Mm, I want to say, man, I want to say it was like 2017, 20. It's been a long time. Maybe, maybe, maybe that later than that. Sounds but right. It's been a while. It's been a while. We've used it in a couple of our applications. I think a lot of people maybe use this only locally uh, to help them sort of look at what's going on in their application. It's really, really powerful. And I don't think it's been talked about. Uh, maybe as much as it justifies. It is a really uh, useful tool. It can log all of your mail. It can log all of your events. It can you can view your logs. I think from it as well. Mm-hmm. So if you just go straight to you know your app test slash telescope, it's going to launch you into this really beautiful UI. Really really good stuff. However, you can use it in production. The only thing you have to be careful about in production is that you turn off a lot of the watchers, right? You don't want a watcher watching every single request that's coming in and logging it and storing it in the database. That would get really crazy really fast. But you can use it to do selective sort of logging and monitoring. And in this case, Steve's talking about the fact that the biggest issue that he has when working with these third-party APIs is that there's, is that there's very little visibility into how much you're using those. You integrate them in your code base, you test them, but you have no idea how often you're using these unless the platform that you're using has metrics that shows you, here's how often you've been hitting their API. So this was a point of frustration for him. And so what he does in this tutorial is goes through how you can use Laravel Telescope as a debugging assistant for your application. And he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up this custom telescope watcher to watch these outgoing guzzle requests, this guzzle request watcher. And then he talks you through uh, using these traits like fetches stack trace and then how you can uh, use telescope telescope to record those values and then inspect them uh, from right within the UI. So really, really cool stuff. I have never heard of doing this. I guess probably because I've never taken the time to do it. Uh, But these custom watchers are pretty cool. It's a really cool concept. And I knew they existed. I've just never taken the time to do it. So this is a really cool one. If if you're needing to do any sort of monitoring like that and there's no built-in solution, consider using Telescope. It's like I said, it already has like it ships with a beautiful UI. Uh, it's already locked down to like administrators only, you know, in production. And all you got to do is like hook into it. So really, really good stuff there. We so really, we out. really should be talking about telescope more. I don't, we should, somebody needs to do a talk on telescope. That would be a great mm. one because 
this Telesc- is a good idea. Telescope is super powerful. I feel like it's the uh, it's the horizon of logging and debugging. It g- mm. gives you this beautiful interface, but nobody ever totally. talks about it. It's true. It's so true. Yep. I, I like I said like I've used it and I do use it on a couple different applications. Actually, in production, it's super helpful. In a couple like in I think in two applications, I have it installed in production. And it's really nice. If I see an mm-hmm. error, I can go jump straight over to Telescope and be like, let me go look and see exactly what happened there. And I can get a full, like, yes, my error tracking, you know, whoever I'm using, uh, Honey Badger, right? <laughs> Honey Badger gives me, gives me the whole stack trace, which is great. But sometimes there's a couple things Laravel specific I need to see exactly what happened uh, or, or gives me a little, maybe a little bit more of a clearer picture into what exactly happened there. So you can like tag things yeah. by like user. So you can say, give me all the things that happened with this user during their last request cycle or whatever. So really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Good job, Steve. Up next is Steve. It's another Steve <laughs> King. Um, so this one, <laughs> Steve King yeah, this one's called using route registrars in your Laravel application. And it's another very well-written, uh, very thorough tutorial. And I'm not going to go through it all, but the basic premise here is Steve is walking us through how to separate some of our mm. massive routes file into yes. more logical concerns. And he, you know, there, there are infinite ways you could do this, but he sets up this really nice um, scaffolding or structure called registrars. And so then, you know, the final code block at the bottom, you've got a admin, a blog, a marketing, all of them have their own registrars and they're each responsible for their own routes so that you can kind of logically group things. And it makes it really easy to jump to, let's say the blog registrar and view all the routes for the blog. So this is another great, like, um, level up your thinking kind of post where he starts with a problem and says, here's a way that you could solve it. Not that this is like, the only way, but here's what I would do. And this is a nice thing to kind of look over his shoulder as he's solving this problem. Yeah, I think of it almost like uh, traits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How if like, if like a, a particular class is getting too busy, you can kind of like, I'm going to take these sets of concerns, these four mo- you know methods that kind of go together. And yes, yeah, sometimes maybe it's like I only use a trait if I'm going to extract it to like multiple classes. But sometimes it's nice just to get it out of the way too. And you can do that with a trait. This is a cool way to do that where you're saying like, I've got a routes file that's really, really busy. And instead of just having this group that's in the middle of there, uh, I can take that group, extract it out, and pop it into its own uh, route registrar is kind of what he's calling it there. So uh, this is almost, you know, you can think of it sort of how you have like you have like web.php and then api.php and then console.php, whatever, right? You have those different things. Um, so that sort of separates your, um, your routes files like that. I think that's sort of the same thing. Um, in any case, I am going to take on this last one here, which is the about command that we talked about earlier in the show. Um, the Laravel about command, which released in Laravel 9.21, provides an excellent overview of all the different configuration things that are available in your app. And um, there's a new feature for the about command, which is the ability for packages to add helpful information as well. So for example, we've talked about filament components on Laravel News before, uh, this filament admin panel. So after 9.21, Ryan Chandler opened a pull request to add useful plugin details to filament. So basically what this allows you to do is in the service provider, you can say about command colon colon add. And what that will allow you to do is add a heading and then all these different sub little pieces here. So in this case, uh, the example that's given is about command colon colon add. And then xdebug settings is going to be the heading. And then in an array as a second argument, you can pass in 
the name. So in this case, client port, and then there's a little closure that you can pass. And in this case, they're grabbing these values from the INI to pass those values in. And so essentially, it just allows you to be able to add your own values to when you run that new artisan about command. So pretty interesting. I, I hope that it doesn't get like abused. You know, I hope that like not every package author starts chucking these things in there. They might, but this is a nice way to be able to add your own in. One side note that's made here is that when you're creating these custom about commands, you should really lazy load that output that you're putting that that's going in there by wrapping the settings in a little short closure arrow function. He gives an example here, uh, but that allows you to not uh, gum up the process and be able to get that uh, sort of when it's needed rather than having to. To be honest with you, I'm not really super sure why, but I'm guessing it has something to do with like it not having to wait uh, to instantiate that thing. It just runs quickly. And then as it as it has time to pull those values up, it'll do that. Well, hey, everybody, that is everything for the show today. Actually, that's all we got. This was episode 172. If you'd like to find show notes for this episode, you can find them at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 172. Rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be much appreciated. And hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett at Laravel News or at Aaron Francis. Is that right? Aaron D. Francis. Aaron D. Fr- Aaron D. Francis. Just to make it more confusing. Aaron, thanks for coming on the show, man. It was really good having you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep. It was fun being here. Absolutely. All right. Well, folks, until next time, we'll see you later. See you.